And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great until I saw the city. Welcome back to a very special edition of Straight from the Source, a midsummer or late summer edition. Um, actually, I think this podcast is coming out on Monday, so exactly one month. Uh, before the first day of training camp, Joe Smith and Michael Russo coming to you from downtown Minneapolis, uh, straight from the source. And we haven't talked to you in a while, so we figured we'd check in because it's just been just a just a hectic summer with tons of news and headlines, just like covering the Tampa Bay Lightning, Joe. It is. And then, you know, a lot of drama, you know, trade requests and, you know, teams getting blown up. No, it's... Uh, Obviously, it's a great way to enjoy my first summer here in Minnesota. Um, get a chance to see what everybody's talking about and how much, uh, how beautiful it is, which it really is. Uh, appreciate it. my wife and I. One of the questions on your, on the uh, for the podcast was how we enjoy in our summer. We are enjoying it a lot, but it is a different one. Uh, we're in a lot of crazy news on the wild front. The biggest trade I think was bringing Pat Maroon into the fold, and the only trade, only trade, and and most of the news was kind of expected news, right, Mike? Of Signing their own free agents. Yeah, exactly. Philip Gustafson gets the three-year deal. Mm. Um, took a little longer than uh, than expected, and he got more money than I think that anybody mm. really expected uh, heading into certainly last season, mm. um, but even this offseason. And uh, as we saw in some of the arbitration cases and some of the re-signings, the market rose for those mm. type of players, and he was in a great position. He waited till mm. you know, the way it works is that you actually, I didn't realize this, is that you sort of uh, to get your arb date, you negotiate that too. 
And uh, he got the last of the goalies. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, did that work out for him because the market was established with Samsonov and he got a little bit more than that. Not a lot lot of goalies go to arbitration hearings. So there wasn't a lot of recent comps that you could. And and Gustafson is a unique situation, right? He's not a huge uh, body of work, had a really, really impressive year with the wild and breakout season, so to speak. Um, you know, but he didn't have a lot of time under his belt. So you had to wonder, like, I'm sure that's where the wild were like, we don't want to probably give mega money and mega years. Um, and, and good to Kurt Overhart for saying, Hey, like we want to want to break the bank as much as we can uh, and, and take advantage of it, a really successful season and knowing how important Philip Gustafson is going to be to the wild for at least this coming year. And who knows, uh, Mike, you know, this is putting them in a really good position of having, um, a potential number one goalie under contract for three years at a pretty uh, affordable 3.75, I think it is, annual value, and giving their goalie potentially of the future, we've always thought, Jesper Wallstedt, some time to not to rush him uh, from AHL Iowa. So I think that's kind of the, the best of both worlds, in my opinion, of signing him. Maybe a little more than you want to in the front end, but you're still buying out a UFA there year two and not have to worry about this whole saga next summer. Yeah, he gets a quarter of a million more than uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, but Bill Guerin uh, made it clear on his conference call with you guys or his Zoom. Conference calls the old. Conference calls so 2015, mm-hmm. 2018. Uh, on a Zoom with uh, you guys, uh, in his opinion, you know, Flower is still going to push Gus and that there's no tr- true number one. I think that we expect, both you and me, that, that Gus is going to get the majority of starts if he plays well. But I do think that the goal is to keep him fresh going into the playoffs. It is, and I think I think part of it's when I asked the question, I was like, you know, Fleury told us at the end of the year, like he's asked, like, are, are you okay if it ends up working out where you're the backup? And he's, and of course, Mark Andre Fleury, to his credit, will, will say yes, and he's an ultimate team player. But I think Bill Guerin kind of laughed, knowing how competitive Fleury is and how he's not just going to give Gustafson the net. Right, this might be his last year in the NHL, and so I think it's good to have Fleury if he's at his best pushing Gustafson who still has, I think, some something to prove in his career, as he admitted himself in his own conference call or Zoom, that, hey, the next three years will say a lot about my career and what I want to be, what I want to turn into, to where next, after that contract, he'll get a long-term deal, in theory, with the Wild or somewhere else. Yeah, and I'm actually going to Sweden on uh, Sunday for an NHL uh, event where I'm going to get a bunch of uh, NHL players, Europeans, guys like Rantanen and Heiskanen and Lindholm and... Um, Pedersen and people like that, but I'm actually going to sit down with uh, Phil Gustafson on Wednesday. Tuesday, I'm actually going up to Karlstad in Sweden to uh, sit down with uh, Ewell Eriksson X. So uh, uh, stay tuned to those stories as we get closer to training camp. But I'm looking forward to just sitting down with Gus and, and sort of hearing how his summer has gone uh, beyond just obviously the resigning. Because uh, this is, I mean, you know, as he said to you too on the on the Zoom. This is not him just going to pass over the baton to Jesper Walset in two or three years. Mm-hmm. He expects that in two or three years, he's the established one, number one on the team, and then the organization will have a big decision on his hands. No, and that's what any, you want any goalie or what competitor to say, right? This is going to be my net. He worked his butt off to get the net this year and earn the start in the playoffs, which we thought should have been all six starts, but ended up being five starts <laughs> uh, in the first round playoff series. But yeah, like I, they, you know, they talked to him before last year of make sure you're in the right condition and in shape. And so I'm really curious how he looks and going into camp and, it, and if he kind of put his money where his mouth is and says hey I want to be the number one goalie here and it's his chance to take the kind of the baton and go with it so I think he wants to be that guy and he whether it ends up being here or they have a decision to make from the wild perspective of which one do they keep if, if Wallstead turns into the guy that they think 
he's capable of being. They'll have two quality number one uh, franchise goalie, which most teams in the league would be uh, envious of. Uh, Brandon Duham gets the one-year $1.1 million <coughs> deal, takes him right to UFA next summer. So now the Wild have a number of UFAs, uh, pending potential UFAs next summer in Zuccarello, Felino, Hartman, and Maroon, uh, along with uh, with uh, Duham and obviously Alex Goligoski, who this could be it, uh, his swan song, and then Mark andre mm-hmm. Fleury, same thing with him. Um, and then uh, they make the trade for Pat Maroon. Uh Pretty interesting deal because again he gets the eight eight hundred what he's got eight hundred left uh, on his deal um, with with the Tampa Bay retaining a little bit but the Wild had the opportunity to go give eight hundred to maybe Blake Wheeler but they chose this route um, which was I thought interesting and now what that does is with it really puts the screws to maybe a guy like Kalen Addison that's why he's not signed right now. They've got to keep that as low as possible so they can potentially have a 13th forward on this team at some points. There are going to be times where they are going to carry the minimum, um, but you know, with 7D. But but man, I mean, they do not have a lot of room to spare. They don't. And like the last piece of the puzzle is Kaelin Addison, and the Wild do intend to sign him. They want to sign him. The qualifying offer was just under 800 grand, uh, I believe. And I'm I'm sure that Kaelin Addison does not want to just sign that right away, which is why it might take a little while longer. Yeah. Well, he is not signing that. I could tell you that he's not signing that QO. So, so the idea is the you know the Wild only have a little over a million dollars in cap space. They want to give some wiggle room as much as they can so they have some flexibility in season for call-ups and accumulating cap space like they did last year for the trade deadline so that'll be the last kind of mark in their offseason is him um mike do you, you know were you surprised at all that none of the guys that they acquired at the deadline um are here going in next year do you kind of have a, have an idea that those guys weren't going to be coming back they, they got the, all the ufas yeah. yeah yeah i think that i mean ryan reeves was the one mm-hmm. that that bill wanted to bring back but he obviously got big money from toronto and mostly term that was mm-hmm. i think the big thing um the interesting part about the qualifying offer is that it was is i do think it expires july 15th so so even if like now it's a negotiate negotiating yeah. thing and the wild aren't getting them at 787 anymore anyway because i think the league minimum is 850 i could be talking out of my ass here but either way, um, with back to Addison, you know, there's not much negotiating that can go on here. Like they just they have one point six million dollars. You know, you give him a million bucks and you can't afford a 13th forward on this team. So it is the wild to have a lot. You know, it's going to be just interesting. Like if they have no injuries in camp, you know, it's going to be basically Terry versus Rossi as, as for the final spot. And they're going to probably have to keep 12 forwards. Right? Assuming they only keep 12, right? Yeah. You know, but again, I, I don't know how if, if Addison gets more than 800, which he's yeah. going to, they can't afford even a Terry, right? Yeah, and I think Letary didn't send the deal with the intent of going to Iowa. So I think he, right. he's intending on making the team or being part of it, which I give him credit for. And he has some experience there. But... You know, the Wild kind of put themselves in a situation by obviously bringing back Duhame, which they wanted to do, and bringing back Pat Maroon, who Bill Guerin said is an everyday NHL player now. Mm-hmm. You know, there are not many spots to, unless there's some injuries there, um, to put guys in. So um, I think overall the roster is pretty much set. You know, the idea, Kelly Addison, who spent this summer in Minnesota and has been working out with the guys at TRIA, um, another interesting situation. You know, do you work out without a contract? You know, do you put yourself in a situation of getting hurt and that kind of thing? But uh, he's been around all summer, so uh, we'll see how he looks in camp. I'm sure he'll be more one of the more determined players that you'll see in camp, or you hope that that's the case because he has. They have a role for him to fill, and there's a need for him, somebody to, to fill that power play spot. And when he was at his best, when he was 
on his game. Like he was a very valuable member of that blue line. Keep people forget that early last season. So that'll be one of the big stories. I think we'll be watching as training camp starts. And that is to me um, why at the end of this little squabble, you can call it that. I think Kalen's just going to have to say, just sign me uh, to his agents. Let's get it done. Bet on himself and have a big year because you know, you and I have talked to Dean. Dean expects that Kalen's going to be a big part of this team, Q being the power play, being a mainstay on that third pair. And we know with Goligoski and Merrill, I mean, Addison should get a lot of playing time. And um, I think contrary to a lot of people's opinion, Dean actually likes Kalen Addison a lot. But mm-hmm. defensively last year, um, he, he left a lot to be desired. The wild coaches are going to have to coach this kid up. Um, but if he is as, if he can improve defensively, his offensive skills – is something the Wild do not have on that number one power play on the back end. They don't. And then you saw they needed a little bit more of that um, in the playoffs. I mean, Klingberg was the I- ideal choice, they thought, to come in and, and maybe boost that power play. I guess you can argue that if people call Kelly Addison a specialist, it isn't Klingberg a specialist as well. That's a pretty fair question to have. But now this is the younger younger version. It's Kalen Addison. This is a prove-it year probably for him. Let's sign a one-year deal with him and then see what he shows next year and go from there. But as far as that's concerned, there are not really many camp battles other than that, you know, Merrill and Galagoski may be battling for that 6D or 5D spot on the third pairing. Um, but the one question that we'll probably get to, and probably a million questions about that is Marco Rossi, uh, because he's been around working out all summer too, and uh, trying to get into shape and put, get prepared for this big year. Um, but the question will be, what will his role be? I think we all believe, and I think Dean's Please will make the team coming out of camp, but what role is best for him and what role will he earn going into the season? Yeah, um, it, it is interesting. Like right now, I think they have him penciled in to play on that third line mm-hmm. with Freddie Goudreau, Marcus Foligno, Eric Sinek mm-hmm. with Johansson and Boldy, which when they were healthy last year, that was mm-hmm. a really good line. Um, and Hartman starting off with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Um, um, you, you were listening to Billy Guerin on, mm-hmm. on the fan the other day when he was on with Barrero and somebody posed the question, maybe it was Dan that posed the question. Why don't you give an, op- why don't you give uh, by the way, our editor is calling me right now. Yeah. Uh, he's back in the country. Um, uh, you know, why don't you give him the op- a look initially with Kaprizov and Zuccarello? We saw it once in the last mm-hmm. preseason game last year and he scored a goal. Uh, if I remember correctly, in mm-hmm. that preseason game on a pass from Zuccarello from behind the net. Um, why don't you think that they want to at least just – I know they don't ever want to anoint somebody, um, but, you know, look, Sam Steele played with Caprice yeah. and Zuccarello last year. You cannot tell me that Marco Rossi, um, you know, doesn't at least warrant a look there. He certainly has the pedigree, right, a top 10 pick. And if you pick a guy like that in the top 10, you envision him as a top six center, I would imagine. And um, I think when Garen was posed that question on KFAN, that live forum with fans, you know, he said, if if you're not me or Dean Evison, it might make sense to ask that question a lot. But he's like, what happens if he's not ready yet? What happens when Matt Zuccarello and Kaprizov come into your office and say, hey, this kid's not there yet? And he said the word confidence a bunch of times in that answer, which was interesting because a lot of times they talked about that last year. The reason why they wanted to send him back to Iowa was, oh, rebuild his confidence or get him some touches or make him because he didn't had no goals in his first 16 NHL games. So I think they were kind of worried about that. Of what if it doesn't work or what that does for him? Does it set it back? And so I don't know if that's the right necessarily mindset to have. Or maybe it's good or bad, but um, clearly they want to put him in a position to succeed, a soft landing spot to get 
his first NHL goal to get some points, maybe to, to get some of that mojo that he showed clearly in Iowa last year. But um, but yeah, I think there's a point where you know you got to see what you have, right? This is this is not his last go around. He's still a young kid. You don't want to say this is his last show me situation, but. It'd be it'd be curious at least in preseason to see hey wh- how does he fit with these guys can he can he play those minutes has this summer been such a big boon for him where he can turn into that guy um, but clearly if you draft a guy top ten and Judd and those guys are really bullish on this kid you, you know he's going to be a top six guy if, if if everything works out well for you in this situation yeah I mean you you ask the kid to not go home to Austria pretty yeah. much all summer he abided by that has mm-hmm. worked out uh, wholeheartedly skated with NHL players galore um, and, you know, with Andy Ness working with Matt Harder, it just seems at some point you have to give him the opportunity. Um, this team will be better if Marco Rossi becomes Marco Rossi that they thought they were drafting. And, um, you know, I, I think that it, it behooves them to at least give them that real opportunity there. And then, you know, if it works, that's a great third line. If you have Hartman or Goudreau centering Hartman or Goudreau and, and Felino, I mean, that's a great third line. I think this gets into what we'll talk about soon is the story we wrote a few weeks back uh, projecting the roster after the buyouts are cap hits are over and the whole idea that they can do this big spending spree and get a number one center. These number one centers are available. I think our, the best case scenario for the wild is one of their own guys like Rossi is able to be that top six guy where they don't have to go out and look for what, who might not be out there in free agency. And if you have that depth in your lineup where you have a guy like him with X going to be entrenched in there, you have Goudreau locked up for a while. Hartman, we won't know until after this year. Maybe they can re-sign him on a bargain deal right now. Um, but the best case scenario is is him them him and their prospects stepping in versus uh, we looked at the we looked at the guys that were on the you know UFAs in a couple of years. There's uh, no slam dunk. There's going to be some major July one signing by Bill Guerin that's going to be satisfying to the fan base. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that story. We, we, you and I took a little flack, uh, from, uh, our loyal fan base, uh, <laughs> on the athletic, uh, comment board, which, uh, I usually don't read until you told me to do, take a look at it. Um, and people saying it was a disappointing article and too many what ifs and, uh, and, uh, you know, show some creativity. Let's say mm-hmm. none of the players, none of the youngsters mm-hmm. pan out who's going to be on this team. Like we're not. You know, we love the wild.com. We're not yeah. Bleacher Report. We're not a blog. We're, we're a news organization. It is foolish to say that none of these kids are going to be part of that future. And even if they are not quite ready, you can't just go sign a five-year deal to a guy mm-hmm. if all of a sudden who's on the NF and you're for a year away anyway. Um, the goal for this team for slow playing all these youngsters is for them to be Mm -hmm. the people that are anointed to these spots. And then if they become the players that they thought they were drafted, you have to save money for them. Not to mention Kaprizov is going to name his price Mm -hmm. and the wild are going to have to give it to him if they want to keep him. And that could be, that price could be 13, 14 million. Who knows? Um, So like, like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what the fans expected here in terms of um, making this a fantasy world. If, we, if you want us to sit there and say, all right, Dreisaitl's on this team and Victor Hedman's on mm-hmm. this team, we can make and throw shit against the wall, but that's just not reality. The hope mm-hmm. is is that you know Damon Hunt is on this team mm-hmm. and Jesper Wallstad is on this team who's going to uh, cost a lot of money at some mm-hmm. point. And you know, the Hunter Hates mm-hmm. and the Ryan O'Rourke's and obviously the Huzandinas, mm-hmm. the Ogrens, the Uros. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think the whole idea of this story, and I feel bad to get real Mike into this story since I know not a big fan of projection or speculation, which I don't think this is really speculation. It's more of an educated, reported uh, idea. And I'm sure the Wild have their own boards of what it might look like in a couple of years, too. Um, you have to play it out and say, okay, well, these are the guys that should be could be ready by then. These are the guys that they have under contract that will need new contracts by then. Brock Faber, Marco Rossi, um, the year off, and Ogrens potentially might need the contracts by then. Um, we don't know what will happen with Hartman and Zuccarello. Um, potentially, Felino could be re-signed, I think. Uh, they'll hope he might be around um, still by then. But I didn't want to just throw stuff at the wall and say, oh, they'll trade for Braden Point, who will waive his no-trade clause in, in, in Tampa to come be the number one center that the world should have had when they draft should have drafted him six years ago or whatever you know uh we wanted we wanted we wanted to <laughs> i love make, how you always have we, to subtly <laughs> remind wild fans that they dropped a spot to take louis belpedio well you know like garen mentioned a lot he's like we look a lot at tampa and it wasn't just the headman and samkos's it was sorelli and point in the third round it was nikita kucherov number 56 number 57 overall like those guys were built from within of course those were big jackpot kind of picks but the whole idea is if you draft well those guys can be those guys at entry-level contracts that could be fuel your championship team so the idea of that story was to kind of give people kind of a template of what the team could look like then what kind of holes might be on their roster and just frankly like what ufas might be available at that time and uh, you look at the list ours isn't very inspiring now things could change you guys could get bought out um there could be some rfas that they might be able to trade for and and if these prospects turn out, Mike, they'll not just be guys on their roster. They could be valuable trade chips. And those are how those teams are built. Yeah, exactly. And Bill Guerin mentions it. It is, I think the most in, 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 you know, interesting thing is that article that I wrote when Bill Guerin, they officially named him president of Hockey Ops, is you know, I talked to Leopold and Guerin Ford, and they actually contradict each, each other. I mean, Leopold basically wants them to go get the shiny new toy mm-hmm. like the fans do. Um, and Bill Guerin's the one that's taken the even point of view here that just reminding people, well, wait a minute. If Wallstadt, Huzanginov, Yurov, Ogren are studs, mm-hmm. they can't just go out and throw a bunch of money at an ancient John Tavares or something like that. Or, you know, Sidney Crosby. Or Brock Nelson, Sidney <laughs> yeah. Crosby. Like, yeah. you know, there aren't many centers or yeah. number one centers that are going to be out there yeah. that are going to be under 38 years old, you know. Yeah. Um, so unless you can pry Connor Bedard from the Blackhawks or something like that, you'll uh-huh. be. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like this this comment right here. I love the I love the idea of this article, but it showed no imagination or, or uh, imagination or creativity. You should have thrown a wrench into this mm-hmm. and assume that none of the prospects are going to materialize. We're not. We're trying to be realistic here. Um, you know, and and the reality is is that nobody knows what this team is going to look like in three years, and we have to see what these kids look like when they come over here. And um, and so and we will see. But if they go out and make a mistake with a bunch of money, they're going to have to trade some of these kids that they are going to not be able to afford. And and that is just uh, like I get fans are, are are fed up and impatient and tired of of the constant uh, not getting past the first round thing. But they're tr- they have a plan here and they're trying to abide by that. Now uh, it doesn't mean that Bill Guerin doesn't have a list of players mm-hmm. on his wall that could potentially be available in those years. But to just sit there and like, you know, say Leon Dreisaitl is going to be the number one center of the wild in 25, 26 makes zero sense. I mean, it just like, you know, and I feel bad because this was your story idea. And I basically told you, I'm like, this is, you know, this was not mm-hmm. what I wanted to do if we mm-hmm. were going to just throw out a bunch of names and make stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you know we have uh, we've talked about it, and this is no shot at them. But you know if you if you want that type of story, you go read the Flyers story that has Kaprizov on the Flyers in twenty five twenty six. And I guarantee, if all the fans read that here, that mm-hmm. they would be trashing that writer on the comment board. But he was being creative, and he was being imaginative, yeah, right? Exactly. And, like, and then so you get <laughs> on both sides of the coin. You know, like you. You know, that would have been something if we wouldn't have put Kaprizov on this 2526 team. Uh, how much that, that would have been, that would have that, been imagination. That, that's <laughs> what we should have done. We should have been really creative and said that Kaprizov's not going to resign here and who's going to replace him. That, that would have really made, that should, would have showed a lot of imagination. Maybe not too much either. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Anything else that we should talk about coming up here? I mean, well, obviously, the, training camp starts the 21st. 15th, I think, is the Tom Curry showcase with the Blues and the Blackhawks. Um, right now, it's, uh, you know, the Wild have not given been given any indication that Bedard is not coming. It would surprise me if he's coming, but right now, the Wild are it under the impression that he's coming. It could be, coming. That could be coming. one heck of a, a Patria uh, place there with yeah. the Blues, Blackhawks fans at, already coming, but then... Yeah. If Connor Bedard's his first game is a Blackhawk uniform, that'll be something that I mean everybody's going to want to see. Yeah. Um, I mentioned I'm going to Sweden. Uh, Joe's going up to Brainerd, kind mm-hmm. of the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be following around Matt Boldy mm-hmm. uh, in that golf tournament. Um, then uh, Joe's going on a uh, reunion of his honeymoon, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool, to Hawaii. Um, I'll be out in Chicago for the GMs, and for the first time ever, the coach, head coaches are going to be part of that meeting uh, in early September. And then I go out to Vegas for the NHL, the uh, the Sort of the car wash, like I'm going for Stockholm for the European. Uh, we call it the car wash in the sports writing industry because basically the players go from station to station. Um, I'm getting a bunch of European players there, but then I'll go to the actual uh, one in North America in Vegas uh, in September with Pierre Lebrun. Um, and then training camp's right around the corner, and, uh, and sooner or later the Florida Panthers will be in town uh, for the, the home opener on October 12th. I think it is 12th. Um, by the way, uh, just some, some self-promotion. I'm doing some state fair stuff. August 27th, um, uh, filling in for, I don't even know whose show it is, probably, uh, I don't know, I don't know yeah. if it's Burrow show, but I'm doing 11 to 1 on, uh, on that Sunday, the 27th. Uh, 29th, I'll be on for an hour with PA, an hour with Common, and then uh, September 4th, Labor Day. I'll be, usually I close the, the fan stuff uh, with the LaRusso radio uh, from 12 to 3. I'll be filling in from 12 to 3, but Barrero is doing a special show that day because Craig Kilborn is going to be on there. Um, I'll be on the first hour of Barrero, and then uh, Craig Kilborn comes on there. So again, August 27th, 11 to, th- 11 to 1. Uh, August 29th, I'll be on the final hour of PA, the second hour of Common, and September 4th, I'm filling in 12 to 3, and uh, on 3 to 4 with the Barrero, and that's all at the fan booth. 
uh, Joe Smith that might be joining me um, on the 4th, on the fourth, um, mm-hmm. for an hour. Eric Stolhansky, the actor from Super Troopers, Super Troopers 2, Beer Fest, um, Quasi, um, Club Dread, everything. Um, freeloaders, uh, he'll be... I just went to actually Charleston with him to watch Trampled by Turtles. Um, but he'll be coming on from 1 to 2 that day on September 4th at The Fan with me. And then Dane Mizutani is probably coming on as well um, uh, to talk Vikings. Uh, and we'll maybe talk a little wild. Uh, but maybe you'll be there with Dane. We can have That'd a be awesome. reunion. Uh, that'll be pretty cool. All right, let's go through uh, some Twitter questions. Um, Michael Scott asks, uh, any idea why Addison hasn't signed yet? And I jokingly wrote back because he wants more money than the Wild want to pay him. That is why yeah. players are always on. That's why Phil Gustav didn't sign <laughs> yeah. for the first exactly. three months of their offseason. So, um, he didn't take this QO. So basically, uh, I'm reading these in real time, too. So I might read them and all of a sudden realize, that, oh, we don't need to answer this. Um, but here, let's read this out loud and see what it says. Jake Harlander goes, conspiracy time. Does the league need Arizona? Like, do they need a bottom team that eat, can eat crap contracts, pay people who don't play anymore, and be a retirement spot, holdover spot for players? Is that why they can't just give up the, on that franchise? Um, it's, a, it's a fair point, but no, um, that is not the reason why Arizona is in Arizona. Arizona is in Arizona because it is a top, top media market, top, top uh, TV market, mm-hmm. and, and the league wants to be there. In fact, I can promise you, I can promise you this. How about this one mm-hmm. for you? The next, if Arizona actually does move to Salt Lake City in the next round of expansion, one of the expansion teams will be Arizona mm-hmm. and the other one will probably be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, they will never leave. Arizona will have a team eventually. The thing, the, the, the contrary to what your Jake's point is too, Joe, is this is going to be a good team. First of all, they're they garbage paying, contracts. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. They, like they have, obviously, they've always been that, that landing spot yeah. to Jake's point. But, I mean, they just signed – they just had a really good summer. They brought Bukesbed back, who was great there. They just signed Dumbo on a one-year deal. They signed Zucker on a one-year deal. This team could Kerfoot, be – right? I think it was. Or, yep. yep. This team could be flirting with a playoff spot. We know that they were a pain in the ass for the Wild to deal with last year. Um, and, and then the other thing is they got so many draft picks and prospects coming. This team is going to be good. They got Logan Cooley yep. decided to come, and he'll be a, a top six center potentially. Clayton Keller is a, a star, of course. And the one question was their blue line. And for all the criticism of Matt Dumba when he was in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, he's going to be a top four guy for them, maybe their top pair of defensemen for them. So they did make some interesting moves, and the division will be a diff- tougher to play against. I guarantee anytime anybody who plays in that building, you've been into that place too, uh, it's a hard team to win there. Um, so <laughs> I, I think overall, they're, they're not going to be all of a sudden a, a cup contender, but they're no longer going to be just a team that just collects uh, Pavel Datsuk's contract or whoever's contract that's Brent Seabrook's contract or whoever else might need a landing spot. Though there would be low, I think every GM in the league would love to have a landing spot for those kind of contracts. I think they're going to be good. And I don't know if we t- touched on Matt Dumba yet, did we, Mike? No, uh, no. Just on uh, him getting a chance to, I think, you know, uh, show what he can do in a year and maybe he'll get traded at the deadline to a contender um, depending on what his no trade clause is and then I think most UFAs wanted a long-term deal he wanted a long-term deal but I think this was the best situation of both where he has a place out he can Scottsdale area he can play a top four role he can you know reshow his value and then if they're, if they're a playoff team he stays if not then they can be a guy that they can move to the deadline for some yeah. pieces too. I, I think that um, I, I would love to know though yeah. what why it is always so hard for the, uh, I mean, I mean, it is insane to me that that it, it's so hard for him to get a job. One year at three nine makes no sense. Um, Klingberg got one year at four point yeah, whatever it is. It's 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 fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I I think there's some underlying reasons for that. 
Um, and, um, you know, I have my suspicions why, mm -hmm. but I think it's absolutely insane to me that this is going on. But I think to, to, but I think what this should do is solidify in the minds of wild fans mm -hmm. that he was untradeable the last four mm -hmm. or five years. He was untradeable. Mm -hmm. They didn't choose to keep Matt Bun Dumba to trade away Kevin Fiala. It was never happening. He had no value around the league. There were no calls yeah. at deadline this year. There yeah, were nobody. None. Yeah. And, and Billy could paint it whatever they want that we, you know, we've made it known that we were keeping Matt Dumba. They were keeping Matt Dumba because he was untradeable. Um, and he was untradeable before the expansion drafts. And he was untradeable. It, it's just, I don't know why. I don't get it. Um, again, I have my suspicions. But I'm telling you um, that the, the narrative that they chose to keep Matt Dumba, and that's why they got rid of Kevin Fiala, is is um, is ridiculous. And I used to think it was just because he was overpaid at $6 million, but clearly he couldn't even get a job at half the price this year. I mean, you know, basically, nobody was going after him, and he waited and waited for the Carlson thing to take care of himself, to maybe go to Carolina or go to Pittsburgh or go to San Jose. And clearly the second that, that we, we always have been alluding to on all the podcasts I doing that they had this uh, contract in the drawer in Arizona. And the second that, that Eric Carlson was traded to Pittsburgh, he signed the one year deal with Arizona because I think it was, he knew he was no longer going to be able to go to Carolina. San Jose made the deal to, to get Granlin back and uh, got, they, got Russo yeah. back and they got a few other. Yeah, exactly. So. And, um, and then obviously Pittsburgh, had uh, no interest in him. Um, you know, I, I did hear Toronto um, went to him and was interested in the in signing him there um, and the, on the Klingberg contract, and I think he turned it down. I don't know if he overplayed his hand, um, but I just think, uh, uh, you know, to me, Matt Dumba is too good of a player to have such struggles to get a job. A 29-year-old right-shot defenseman yeah. who could move the puck, and yeah, he has his, flaw, his flaws in his game like anybody does, of course, and he's not their... He's not the number one defenseman on. But he most played TV. really well in the second half of the yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, how many times do teams look out and overpay for a right shot defenseman or, you know, a puck would be defenseman, yeah. right? John Klingberg. <laughs> you know, there you go. Um, Matt Boldy Enjoyer, great Twitter name, asks, uh, what are the odds Rossi actually starts the year in a top six role? On a non-Rossi note, uh, do you think there's a chance Lambos could make his debut sometime in the second half of the year? Um, we just talked about Rossi. I mean, right now, Barring injuries, we think that Hartman is penciled in at number one, and we know that they're going to obviously start with the Johansson, Eriksson, Boldy line. Because if you remember before, um, Eriksson broke his broke his leg in Pittsburgh. That line was on fire, terrific, and, uh, just outstanding. And so uh, we know they're starting with that. The question is, the only way that Rossi starts in a number one role is if there's injuries or Hartman just doesn't pan out as number one guy, or he wins that job. Or Rossi so, comes out there and says, "Hey, this is guy looks exactly." Um, on the Lambos, um, you know, it's his first year in the AHL, uh, very unlikely. Uh, they would need a bunch of injuries. I mean, again, their third pair is kind of iffy, mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, let's be honest. Their third pair is going to be made up of two of three defensemen that pretty much were scratched a lot down the stretch. All three, well, three of them were yeah. eventually. Merrill was scratching like the, yeah. uh, at some point, too. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, you know, to your point, but I think Damon Hunt is probably Damon Hunt and Dakota Murmus are probably the one, two on, on getting the spot. And they're going to, you know, for a young, young defenseman, I don't think they're going to rush him to the NHL. Yeah, I think Hunt's ahead, but I think they also want to make sure guys, if they're probably they're going to play, that would take an injury or two for that to happen since they already have Golagoski as a seventh mm -hmm. defenseman or Merrill seventh defenseman. Mm -hmm. So it would take a couple injuries for them to like 
like Mermis played last year, end of the year, right? He mm-hmm. got a chance to play, but that was under different circumstances. But I think Hunt is leader in the clubhouse now yeah. as far as the best prospect, but Lambos is maybe the highly touted, higher touted guy. So if he has a, a great year, then maybe he can be a guy they can use a black ace in the playoffs next year or something like that. Yeah. Um, CAC hockey, this is, I'm going to throw this at you, but you might not know the answer yet, but super random, but I read Joe's stories about Maroon when he got traded and saw that he and John Cooper started Texarkana, but had some practices in Little Rock, Arkansas, I assume, um, as a Minnesotan who just moved to Little Rock, there's only been one rink, the Skadium. Curious to know if Pat remembers the rink. Have you talked to him about this? I haven't yet? talked about it. I could ask him in, in training camp, but yeah. I know he used to play like roller hockey in St. Louis, and then he played Texarkana, um, Texas, and then they moved to St. Louis Bandits. So they've he probably played in a bunch of you know interesting rinks over the years. I'll have to ask him in champ and get back to you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, uh, Dan asks, uh, do you think with the pressure and expectations, Billy Guerin will be able to hold off if the right player fit isn't available when the money comes? Or should we just accept we are going to get the best player we can for the money for the AV will likely regret by the end. And this is a, no, no offense, Dan, this is a, a bit of a word salad here, but uh, I mean, basically it's going back to our question. I mean, I don't think that Bill Guerin feels any pressure. I think that he's going to want to make the best moves that he possibly can mm-hmm. when they're out of this cap hell. Um, it, it, this season is going to be interesting on how this goes. Cause I think a lot of teams did get better in the division, um, Dallas is, and Colorado are clear one, two in my eyes, uh, in the division, but Winnipeg got better and they didn't trade Shifley or Hellebeck yet. So they are to me better. Um, you know, Arizona is better. Um, St. Louis, we don't know yet. Nashville should be better. Um, Chicago should be better. I don't think they're a playoff team by any stretch, but, but, um, this is gonna be a tough year for the wild, but yet Billy at his end of the year presser kind of painted the, the, expectation that the next two years are going to be hard. And so how disappointing can you be if this team takes a little bit of a turn for worse? Like if it's a hundred, hundred point season, going to be a disappointment to wild fans. Like what if they we have 98, 102 points and mm-hmm. be the third spot in the division or the, one of the wild card spots, is that a disappointment? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, mean, I think that's, I think the big disappointment comes if they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round again, yeah. which who knows if they get the Dallas in the first round, then, you know, we can see how that could play out. But, but yeah, I mean, there's a chance that, they could take a little step back. I mean, look mm-hmm. at last year, like they had took a, like a 15 game point streak for them to get in really serious, great playoff position mm-hmm. and down the stretch. And so a lot of things have to go right. Yeah. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Visit directtv.com. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
Uh, Hamponi goes, with the length of the season plus the offseason, how do you continue to find new stories to write? How do you keep it fresh doing gamers? I'm very thankful that you're always able to do that. Well, thank you very much. Um, I don't know. I haven't written a ton this offseason on the wild. I've written a ton on other things. Uh, you've been more the wild guy this uh, offseason. Uh, but it, this has been a hard offseason to find fresh stuff to write. I mean, there's nothing going on with this team right now. Yeah. Literally nothing. Um, and so it's been it is hard unless we're just going to invent stories. And well, apparently should, when should, we invent stories, the fans don't exactly love it because yeah. it shows no imagination well, we, or we creativity. Have a smart fan base here, right? You're not going to sort of throw something dumb out there just to like filler, right? We want to write stories that matter, that are interesting, that I mean, it could cause debate. And, and this this was a tough because, you know, offseason started May 1st. That's just the truth, right? There wasn't playoffs to cover here. Um, and there weren't any cap space to make big moves. So you can do like a big free agency primer, right? Our free agency was what Vinny Letary signing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and seeing Matt Dumbo might leave somewhere, which he didn't leave for two more months after that. <laughs> so I think I, I wrote like four or five, six Gustafson stories trying to preview what the contract could look like and arbitration. And, um, you know, there's stuff that you can do in the offseason as far as player interests, which we are, have done, and will do uh, going forward. But, but yeah, it can be a, more of a challenge in the offseason than it is during the season because you have more access, you have more small talk with players, and you have a chance to kind of uh, stretch yourself a little bit there. Before the summertime, guys kind of go into to hiding a little bit, and it's a little harder to do that. And we don't want to make things up. We don't want to do a filler story. We'll do mailbags, answer questions you have on top of your mind. But but yeah, I mean, for summer, they have no cap space and no moves other than signing their own RFAs. And no one aside from Gustafson was going to be the big you know, headline grabber. Um, just one of those deals. Maybe next season will be crazier. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and very likely would be, um, especially with the, just the number of UFAs they, they possibly could have. I mean, you know, we'll see. Right now, they haven't begun talking extension with Hartman, Felino, or, or Zuccarello. But, you know, there's possible that all those guys could leave mm-hmm. um and then by grant just you know that alone it's going to make it a much more interesting offseason we'll I'll probably have to be on our toes a little bit more um in terms of keeping gamers fresh and things like that i mean th- this could be an exciting team at times especially covering caprice off so that helps um you know we have a lot of good talkers in the room mm-hmm. and things like that and then the other thing is twitter is valuable and a lot of times just seeing what the fans are talking about gives us ideas for what to write. In fact, um, tell me what you want to hear from Eric Sinek and Gustafson for my sit-downs uh, next uh, week, and uh, and I'll be sure to ask them for that. Um, G, uh, CKGB, uh, Hotel Pudingrad is the name of the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, um, <laughs> the Twitter name, and it, the avatar is, oh boy. is Putin on a, it looks like a Detroit Lions logo. <laughs> so... <laughs> Two very different things. I grew up a, a Lions guy myself, so this is going to be an interesting question. Okay, oh, yeah. go ahead. But over under on Marco Rossi, Marco Rossi hitting 40 points at the big club this season. I, I think probably I would go under if he's on the third line, over if he's on the first line. I would think that Rossi's going to get power play time on the second unit. Mm-hmm. But as we know, that first unit was so good at times last year that the second unit didn't get a lot of power play time. And then when they did, it was mop-up time mm-hmm. on the power play. In fact, it was like half a season mm-hmm. before they scored their first goal. I remember that second unit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think the under is is uh, out of the question. You know, I, not a slam at Marco Rossi. It depends on what his role is, how many minutes he plays, right? Like, didn't he have – how many points did he have in his first 17 mm-hmm. NHL games, right? I think one or two? Yeah, one. One assist. Um, and so – and I think that's where it's interesting because that – 
people tie that a lot to his value and his confidence, right? And so it'll be very important to see. I think they like to see him productive because that'll do much for his confidence, for expectations, for fans, for media covering him. So it won't be like going through a first 12-game goal drought to start the season. I wonder what that'll be like if mm-hmm. that happens. So I think just to him get that monkey off his back and get some goals, get a few. Doesn't have to score 30 goals for him to be success this season. I think if he's, you know, 12 to 13, 14 goal scorer, um, if he's bad in 40, 50 points and he plays consistent role and he plays well in his own end, like you got to build somewhere, right? You know, Braden Point didn't start by scoring 50 goals in his first year. So you need some time to work and develop. And as long as he keeps that confidence, then I think they'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know that the, the wild could have drafted Braden Point. I'm just letting you know. I was um, there. Yeah. Uh, Nate uh, wants to know any chance that Bally's is not the wild streaming partner uh, this year or a TV partner. Um, you know, the, the way it's working is that, um, you know, one issue besides the fact that Diamond is in bankruptcy and trying to restructure is they're also trying to renegotiate their deals with uh, Comcast and I think DirecTV, and that is not done yet. Mm-hmm. And that's, could you imagine if they can't get that done? I mean, where yeah. would you even watch Bally Sports North <laughs> if it's yeah. not on Comcast? I mean, that's, that's the only reason why some people have cable in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's a problem right now. Um, so the league, the league the other day in bankruptcy court went there and basically said they need to have a time, I think like September 30th, where mm-hmm. they need to uh, know exactly what the plan is here. And if not, they need to get an emergency relief from them and come up with contingency plans. So um, right now, the Wild are expecting that they will be on Valley Sports North this year. Um, you know, the first quarter payments we're all doing on August 1st. As far as I know, the Wild probably got that payment because mm-hmm. we haven't heard uh, Boo about it. Um, but um, to think that behind the scenes that both the Wild and the NHL, as well as the 12 or 14 other clubs mm-hmm. that are on Diamond Sports or Bally's Regionals right now aren't coming up with contingency plans, to think that that, that is not the case, it would be foolish. So it wouldn't shock me if the Wild behind the scenes are trying to figure out a way, and it's a huge cost to have some games over the air, mm-hmm. um, some games, many games that might have to be streamed on Wild.com mm-hmm. or something like that for its subscription price probably. Um, I think that that is probably going on, but right now they are expecting that they're going to be on Bally Sports North. But this is an issue that just seems to be never ending be a huge one around the league and then yeah. i think the wild are like a number of teams who like you said they're working their way to be able to distribute their own games it could be like the you know the yes network and the yankees mm-hmm. right they could have their own version of that um to, to the the answer to the question is there will be televised wild games it'll just be a matter of what platform it'll be on it'll start on valleys and then i think they hope that's the way it goes but then you know i think teams like them the lightning i think nashville is part i mean there's several teams uh, that are in that Valley's envelope who will be making contingency plans because you know leagues you know having hard enough struggle it is to get new fans and to to raise their audience they can't afford to not be visible and easily accessible to fans locally um lizard to kaprizov to lizard to kaprizov uh minnesota hockey win three three six on twitter asks nhl network just rated curl kaprizov as the seventh best wing how would you to rank him Points-wise, he had a down year, but that was solely due to injury. Still averaged more than one power play goal and had 40 goals with no top-line center. Um, you know, to that to the fans' point, um, he would have been a 100-point guy and a 40-plus goal guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, big time if he was not hurt there in Winnipeg. 
um, you know, top seven winger in the league. Uh, is it left or right wing, or what, did they say by by position, or is yeah, it by, is only uh, by winger? He wrote wing. I uh, I don't remember. I got the email from the NHL uh, network on it, but I didn't really that's everybody. That's like you know Kucherov. That's uh, Kachuk, right? That's mm-hmm. um, trying to think of like yeah. where he'd be. It feels seven feels seven feels high to me. Feels high to me because I consider him a top ten player in the world, like flat out. You know, um, so. It'd be hard for me to say the seventh best left winger, right? You know, I think, you know, he's establishing himself as one of those guys um, in the league. So I think seven might seem, until I see the list of names that they have before mm-hmm. him, it seems like it's pretty low on that list. Uh, William Dennison asks, uh, it seems as if the Wild have had uh, have a troubling relationship with the officials and reputation as a team of complainers. Do you think this should, can get cleaned up? Or since the refs are mostly the same every year, the damage is done. I thought Peter, Pete DeBoer exploited this in the playoffs, Williams says. Um, I do think that if I had to guess, and this will be a subject in training camp, that Dean has probably looked in the mirror and, says, and said to himself, I probably need to calm down a bit. Because also I think that sometimes the players take on the personality of the coach. And, the mm-hmm. play, and to Williams' point, that became a problem um, this year. And so I do think that he's going to try his best to – um, chillax a little mm-hmm. bit back there. I think a lot of times that he loses his mind on the bench, it's extremely justified. Mm-hmm. I thought the Marcus Foligno penalties in the playoffs were a joke. The knee-on-knee in, in the pivotal game in Dallas was a total missed call by two veteran refs, mm-hmm. in, uh, I believe Steve Kazari and Chris Lee. Um, th- and then the call on Middleton by Steve Kazari was an absolute freaking joke on Saban. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is the type of stuff that drives you crazy as a coach, but... Um, you know, the, the concern that I have is William's point that is the damage done. It's the same refs. They, these guys have MOs. It's like I kind of joked with Jake, Jim joke. I told Jake Middleton when he was talking about his relationship with the one ref that seems to call him a lot on our podcast mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And if people didn't hear that, that's on our worst seats in the house. Joe filled in for, um, for, uh, for LaPanta and Jake was our guest for an hour plus at, uh, at, uh, Elsie's. And he was talking about a relationship problem that he has with one specific referee who I know who that ref is. And I said to him, you know, at some point, you just need to go up to the ref and say, look, um, clearly the story, the anecdote that happened between him and Felino when they were on opposite teams in San Jose that this ref overheard and got upset about um, has offended this referee if you if you really think that it's become a personal thing. But you need to just go up to him and say, look. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. Let's start over here. Do not mm-hmm. hold this against me the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. And he said he's tried to do that. And if that's the case and the ref has not, has still holding mm-hmm. it against him, that's a problem. And and so this is something that I do think the league, the, the wild are going to have to sit there and work on. And also, you know, it starts with how you play, right? I mean, you can't tell Marcus Foligno to not be heavy, hard to play against and finish his checks. You can still finish your checks and not get a penalty call and some of the questionable things. So I think it's um, staying away from some of this, the riffraff, like the stick penalties, all that stuff. But yeah, these referees are human too. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they're not robots. They do remember things back in their mind. They're, they're also, you know, you know, they have credibility and they, they have integrity. So they're not going to be go out there and have vendettas, but you know, they're also human. So I understand where that be a question you might have. Um, I love this question. 
uh, from Brett Covey <laughs> goes from Hudson, Wisconsin, home of the back-to-back Wisconsin State High School uh, State Hockey Championship teams in 17, 18, and 21, and 22. Uh, state of hockey, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy G is always in win-now mode, but Minnesota Wild fans and Jake Milton, and this he's alluding to that podcast mm-hmm. we just talked to, know the cap hell we are facing. Does Dino stay if Minnesota can't surpass the second round or even make it to the first? I mean, that was the other interesting thing about Billy's end-of-the-year presser is he sort of created the, the, the I don't want to say excuse, mm-hmm. but like the justification that, that Dean does not, that these next two years are going to be very difficult. And that if last year wasn't a problem that Dean didn't get past the first round and had the same ending that he did, that, you know, blowing mm-hmm. a two, one lead, all that, that look, it's only going to get tougher. And so he sort of created this to me, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, uh, he managing expectations. Yeah. Right. And so I think he's, I think he said in there, he was in my take from it was he was playing the long game and having their back, right. Him doing that deflects attention away from the players and the coach. And I do think he truly believes that having two back to back hundred point seasons with the cap respects that they have is it is not say a successful season, but it's like, it's worth, you know, he's crediting Dean for being part of that part mm-hmm. of building the culture, part of, developing the team so i think he is you know been pretty happy with dean that not to say that dean's job is locked down safe forever i think he'll be evaluated every other assistant coach will be evaluated but i think he was making that point in that postseason press conference that hey considering the one arm tied behind our backs quote unquote you know he did a pretty good job of getting this team with all the injuries to back-to-back 100-point seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Turk 182 underscore asks, what surprise player, in your opinions, make the opening day roster this year? Damon Hunt, question mark. Vinny Letary, question mark. I mean, kind of what we discussed. I don't think anybody, unless there's injuries, I don't think anybody's got a chance to be a surprise player. I mean, I mean the, I only, the only possibility would be starting a Merrill in the minors and putting a Damon Hunt on the team. Um, you know, putting him on through waivers or something like that. Um, or Marco Rossi not making the team and then somebody from the minors making it. Um, but well, they making have, the team, yeah, I guess. like they yeah. do, but they don't even like if, if Kalen Addison gets more than 900 grand, they can't even afford a league minimum player is 13. Is it like I think Letary yeah. is seven to 75, yeah. but you know what I mean? I mean, they have, they are no wiggle room. So Letary would be the one guy. Um, I don't see Damon Hunt making the team unless there's injuries. Um, but he I don't is, think they're going to put Merrill. I don't think they're going to put Merrill on waivers to start yeah, the season and, and turn the minors. I think, I think Hunt may be the first call if there's an injury or if there's need out there. But I, I, I don't see, and barring injury, many major surprises unless mm-hmm. somehow Rossi does not make the team. Um, let's see. Uh, who do you think has the biggest change in time on ice this year? Biggest increase, decrease? Um, Brock Faber. <laughs> yeah, Faber. Um, what do you think? What are your expectations for Faber this year? Because I thought he was sheltered a little bit in the playoffs, had a great playoff, but mm-hmm. now he's going to be going up against McDavid and McKinnon every night. Because if he's paired with Brodeen, that's who Brodeen's going up against. No, it's it's a big move, and I think uh, he's spent all the summer here preparing for it, you know, uh, physically and mentally. And um, you don't know until you get out there, but having Brodeen as your partner is going to be such a huge benefit to him, too. Like mm-hmm. he can be an eraser for a lot of bad situations. Um, I think the coaching staff is a big believer in Brock Faber. He can be a guy that could end up maybe potentially surpassing, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Dumba in terms of, uh, you know, total package as a defenseman. Um, but it'll be something to, to watch early on. It was his first time he's played 82 games. 
Um, most rookies hit a wall at a certain point physically or mentally. So um, I think it'll be there might be some of that growing pains early on. But I do believe he's going to be uh, a legit top four defenseman for this team starting this year and for many years to come. So I think who who better to have them him as a, a mentor, you know, as Jonas Brodin. Yeah. Uh, a couple more. Garrett Pollard, uh, up-and-coming star coach at Cloquet High School. Um, give us your predictions for the both the first and second power play units on PP and PK. Guy, without the roster in front of me, it's hard. But, I mean, i th- got to think first first unit's going to be Eric Sinek, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, um, Boldy, and, and Addison. Mm-hmm. And your second one, I think, will have uh, – Hartman, Rossi, probably Goudreau, Johansson, Rodin, or Spurgeon, probably Spurgeon and Johansson. Yeah, am I, am I forgetting if you, yeah, an obvious you, one? Yeah, I, mean, I know they love Felino on it, but yeah, like I think Felino, like Rossi's got to play the power play. No, he's he's got <laughs> like, to, and like if you want a net front guy, like yeah. you know, you could put Hartman there. Hartman know? there, like Maroon's played net front on power play. You've had you know Felino could play net front on the power play, but I think X that guy in the top unit. So I mean, yeah, I think. Those two, got two, those two units are pretty much spoken for yeah. unless there is like a, an injury, a wrinkle here. But I think Roshi yeah. should be given a chance on the second power play. Um, but I will say that uh, blank slate, the, you mm. know, that Dean has given a uh, new power play coach. Uh, God, I can't believe I'm having a, a brain cramp. Uh, King, what's his first name? Jason, <laughs> Jason King. King. There you go. Uh, he's given him a brain slate. said, this is what you do. But if I was Jason King, I wouldn't touch the number one unit. The number one unit when Addison and Caprisa, yeah. Caprisa was healthy and Addison was running it, it was good. And Eck was, Eck was playing. Yes, mm-hmm. like it was a good power play. Like I was listening to the end of Billy Guerin. I was in Hawaii the other day and I was listening to the end of Billy Guerin on the fan and somebody asked about the power play being dismal last year. And like, uh, I, I think... That were that that is a fallacy. Their power play for most of the year last year were, was top ten. Um, yeah, and the penalty you know, kill even was better. Made an improvement from yeah. year before to this year. Of course, the playoffs you didn't have Eck in the, the yeah. first unit, and you had Hartman playing on one leg from game one on. So it was not the same uh, power play. But they do need to be better, obviously, when the playoffs come around. Yeah. Um, which Iowa Wild player from last year, not Rossi or Beckman, has the best chance of sticking around the Wild this year. The only George again, the only way this happens is our injuries, and Sammy Walker would probably be the likeliest um, of the the guys left there. Walker, Beckman, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see any more. Um, also, to make sure to, to point out too, I think um, you got cleared up the other day that everybody is pretty much healthy at this point. Yep. going to camp and Eck yep. has been progressing well this summer. Uh, from that, so there shouldn't be at least until there's injury somewhere else, you know, in, in training. There's everybody's healthy as at this point, uh, other than maybe Mason Shaw, who's still unsigned, uh, but has been working, has been rehabbing at the team facilities. And the idea and the thought is that he'll still may potentially be a guy they can sign um, whenever he's healthy. Um, I'm not sure what deal that would be, but he's clearly been around the team and been part of the promotional activities and mm-hmm. part of the group. So I think the hope is that there's a way for him. Once he rehabs from his fourth ACL surgery, that he can be part of that group. Yep. And the wild of pretty much, I mean, you would never know that Mason Shaw is not signed. He's doing podcasts. He's working out a tree every day. He's, he's been around. Like the ball hockey yeah, thing. Exactly. So. so, I mean, uh, clearly he's still part of it. And they're, 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 you know, funding his rehab, all that stuff. King Ovel asked, how is Eck doing with his recovery? I'm told by Bill that he's doing really well. But I'll find out from the horse's mouth Tuesday mm-hmm. when we meet for – for uh, lunch in uh, in Karlstad. Have you been to Karlstad? I have not. I've no. been to like Ovik and I've been uh, a little further north 
east of Sweden when I went to the Global Series a few years yeah. back. But um, this is gonna be my first time in uh, Sweden. Uh, in a, yeah, so four day trip. So I'm looking forward to that. If you have any uh, dinner reservation, dinner uh, recommendations, uh, tweet me. Um, and Joe and I are both covering the Sweden trip uh, in November. So I'm gonna be in Sweden twice in two months. Um, um, John says, if Maroon is so good, why is the team that knows him best paying him 200000 to not play for them? They were in cap hell. They- yeah, they needed they oh, needed man. some more cap flexibility, as you saw in their offseason. And I think the, you know, the idea for them was to get a little younger and faster. Um, and that was their, their plan all along. And you know they were trying to cut any cap space they could. I mean, they couldn't sign Alex Kalorn. They couldn't sign a few other guys. So I think they were just trying to find a way to kind of re- they didn't sign resign Corey Perry or Pierre Edward Belmar. I think they were trying to find a way that. So and I think with the wild look for him, not just on the ice, but in the room and as a leader and uh, such an instrumental voice in that group in Tampa. I think that's what part of what they wanted. Billy wanted from him coming in here, having lost uh, Matt Dumba and Ryan Reeves uh, this off season to have some other voice in there that could be able to be bring these guys together. Um, your, this is your expertise. Terry Clavin wants to know, can you refresh on the Wilds analytics department? Still a one-man operation. It is always glaring whenever Shana puts that out uh, that the Wild have the least in the league. Uh, Bill is is real sensitive to this fact. They just hired somebody else. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Bogosian, mm-hmm. um, he did a lot Zach's of work. Bro. With, yeah, did a lot of work for them um, at the draft. He does a lot of interviews. Um, I say psychological profiles, I guess, but the mental performance thing and uh, into questions and surveys there. And so he's kind of been part of their staff too. So they added a little bit and I think they'll continue to, and add and build. I think what, what Bill said to me is like, if, if Matt sells tells me I need more help or I need more people that I'll be the first one to go out there and we'll spend the money and do it. Uh, but they feel like they have a really inclusive staff and they consider, you know, Chris O'Hearn as part of their analytics staff and what mm-hmm. he does. And um, other guys as part of their, their executive team, uh, you know, Matt Murray, you know, so I think they see their, their staff is bigger than it actually is pointed out to uh, organizational chart. Right. Um, but, you know, they clearly it have smaller than, Yeah, it's smaller than anybody else in the league. Um, Larry, uh, final question of the show. Have you heard of who might get the to wear the A on a sweater now that Dumba is gone? I mean, I think at least I'm convinced it's going to be Eric Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brodeen's poss- always a good yeah. choice. Um, Kaprizov's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Zuccarello is a good choice. Hartman would be a good choice, uh, but I think that's Eck. I mean, this guy, the first, remember the ma- maximum deal that you could sign any player to is eight years, um, and that is because of the Parisi Suter contracts and the last lockout, um, and uh, that led to the last lockout. And Erickson Eck was the first player in wild history and still the only player in wild history to sign an eight-year extension. And he did it at such a, uh, you know, he was willing to work with the team and did it at such a great price. I mean, five-something. Bill Guerin deserves a medal for that contract. I mean, (laughs) Brodine's contract's good, too. And, like, you know. um, Um, But the the Erickson Eck one, I mean, Bill Guerin, I think he says it took one phone call with Claude Lemieux. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Pretty that's how, I, I, that's I think, how easy Eric's neck is to work with. He's a heart and soul kind of player. I think he'd be yeah. a, a deal choice for the A, if you, unless you rotate it, right? Unless you rotate it, have him. Because I think Kaprizov's a guy who's obviously not just a superstar, their best player, but a guy who's people follow because of his you know work ethic and everything mm-hmm. else like that. So I think by giving people a little more of that recognition could help too by spreading it around if you want to 
kind of uh, alternated around all year. Well, thanks uh, for listening to this special um, summer edition of Straight from the Source. Thanks to Joe for joining this special summer edition of Straight from the Source. Uh, again, I'll have stuff from Sweden. Joe is uh, going to be doing a lot of stuff on the golf beat in the, in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks uh, with Matt Boldy. Uh, so definitely pay attention to that. A really cool story he's got it running before the tournament and then uh, most likely after as well. Um, Max Boltman and Corey Promen have the NHL pipeline rankings all week this week on the Athletic Hockey Show. And then if you want to get a new subscription to the Athletic for just two dollars a month for twelve months, you can visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, theathletic.com slash straight from the source gets you a subscription to the Athletic for just two bucks a month for twelve months. My special thanks to Joe Smith and uh, Straight from the Source will return very, very soon. Mm-hmm.